The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, bramigos. What's up? It's Above the Dave. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. Today is the episode I have been waiting to talk about. I took a hit of acid and I listened to half of all of the King Gizzard albums. And I want to tell you all about my weird little Saturday. Following that, we're having a visit from the Wolfman's brother. That's right. He's coming into the podcast, and we're very excited to meet him. And lastly, returning to the podcast, we have two of our favorites. It's Bill Nershi and Michael Kang of the String Cheese Incident. And they're going to teach us all about speaking like you're from Colorado. So give her a toot if you think she's cute. It's another episode of The Lot Scene. jump into my King Gizzard acid experience. Uh, We do have a new face here in the studio, and I just wanted to introduce her. And she's filling in for Marco today. Everybody, it's our stagehand for the day. Give it up, everybody, for Liz. Hey, everybody. Hey, Liz. How we doing? Pleasure to be here above the Dave. Yeah, pleasure to have you, Liz. What? So Marco's out? What's going on with Marco? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he said he was sick, so he couldn't be here. Ah, man, sick? You think it's COVID? Maybe. I know he went to a goose show last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Went too hard a goose, I guess, huh? I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe he's sick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, who who goes too hard at a goose show? Yeah, that's what I said. <sighs> um. Well, Liz, pleasure to have you here. Thank you for filling in for Marco today. We, we appreciate that. No problem. All right. So let's get into it. So when this season started... I said I was going to take a hit of acid and listen to every single King Gizzard album back to back to back to back to back. Well, all right. So, yeah, I've switched it up just a little bit, but I hope it'll still uh, be sufficient. I think it will be. I think it actually is more efficient, actually, because if I'm taking a hit of acid, then I want to have the most amount of time listening to the music when I'm actually tripping. And what I realized is that there's way more King Gizzard music than I even knew. I mean, I saw how many albums there were, but I guess I didn't do the math. Anyway, I decided last second, day of, I was in the shower an hour before I was going to take some acid, which was pretty early. It was a Saturday, definitely the weirdest kind of way to trip where I didn't have like a music event or something. The It was just going to be me hanging out with my fiance just at the house. So I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I hit acid. I, I haven't tried this acid, but assuming it's somewhere in the eight hour range, 
that would really only make sense to do like half of their material. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to split this into two episodes. The first is going to be the first half of their discography. The second, next season, I'll do it all again. And that way I'm tripping for all of it. Like I'm, it's not, if I listen to all the entire album, it's, it's, it's like a full day. You'd probably spend 18, 20 hours of a 24 hour day listening to this music. So I had two options. One was like, just keep taking more acid or stick to the original plan and just do one hit. And I'm glad I did it the way I did it. And I'll say this right out the gate before I jump into it. I just want to say I highly recommend this. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, there's something about the way that these albums actually work chronologically that makes it very nice to trip to it actually keeps things fresh interesting from album to album you see growth you they switch it up once you're kind of you had a lot of high energy stuff they switch it to low energy stuff and like the albums work in a nice way chronologically at least in the first half where i basically went from everything from their first album which is october 21st 2011 all the way through 2017. So in 2017, King Gizzard drops five albums in one year. So what I did was I listened to everything, including those five albums in one sitting back to back to back to back. I took a few little breaks, maybe to, you know, here or there, and I'll get into that, but pretty much consecutively in a few different ways too. But it was a wonderful listen and holy shit. So yeah, so I listened to nine hours, basically. I just added it up. It's nine hours of King Giz. So that really worked out perfectly with, with uh, a hit acid. Uh, I'll say this, the acid wasn't ultimately that incredibly strong. I had a, a brief moments of, of really tripping. It wasn't the strongest. Uh, so who knows, maybe part two, I do two hits. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but it definitely got the job done. And overall it was a, it was a fun little Saturday. That's right. I actually lived like a, a pretty normal Saturday for like a, a mid middle-aged dude who's engaged and getting some, some errands done <laughs> during the day. This was the most interesting acid trip of my life in that it wasn't centered around some type of night or partying or event. It was just a Saturday. It was a Saturday where I was like, Hey, um, Hey girl, I'm going to take this acid for this podcast. And I'm gonna listen to nine hours of King Gizzard. And she was just like, all right, cool. Well, I got this stuff to do. You can come with me if you want. I'm my stuff at Walmart or, and I was like, Oh God, I have no idea where my head's going to be at to sign up for anything. But I unfortunately actually kind of forced myself to, to leave the house because I agreed to buy some shit uh, from Facebook where we're furnishing our new place. And I agreed to pick up these tables. So at like one o'clock and I was planning on starting tripping, like even before that, so I could get a, get a jump start on, on this, on this music. And so now I kind of put myself in a position where I'm like, I may be tripping the hardest when I just roll up to these random people's home to buy something from them. So that's the situation. It's just a, it's just me hanging at home. We got some errands, Saturday errands to run and I'm going to mix it up by insisting that we only listen to King Gizzard chronologically and I'm going to be on a hit of acid. So, hey, uh, first and foremost, I got to give a big shout out to my partner. I mean, she just uh, really appreciate her for uh, letting me do this ridiculous shit. Find yourself someone who uh, who lets you do freaky, stupid, dumb shit like this because 
I was, <laughs> I was like, when we were doing it, I was just like, thank you for putting up with this. But she's great, and I love her, so appreciate that. So let's get into it. So I took the hit of acid just before noon and gave it about 20, 30 minutes when I started getting my little, that little feeling. I go, oh, oh, something's, something's there. I said, that's it. I just needed something to get going so we could roll this first album. Now I had my computer to listen to it in my room on headphones. I had my, my what, earbuds or whatever, the, my AirPod things so that I could be mobile and walk around the house, sit outside, maybe take a walk with my phone. We listened to some, some stuff in the car. So I gave, I wanted to give myself different options to hear stuff in different environments so the first album, I just sat in my room and listened to it on headphones. And it, the first album is Willoughby's Beach. Right out the gate, I was like, okay, I can tell that there's plenty of things, even in their first album, that are like quintessential giz with the woos and just the energy overall. But really, the first album, I listened to it and I was like, okay, starting to feel a little funny. Musically, this is cool, but it, it's like a you know, some kind of crossbreed of, of like a White Stripes and Tame Impala, their Colts. It's just kind of like you heard it before type of stuff. There were some good songs and I made a playlist, by the way. Anything I liked, I thought that helped me kind of like stay on top of this this game plan was, was that I made a Spotify playlist. And so any track that I really liked that stood out to me, I put in a playlist and it's hours and hours long. So so that, that's got to mean something. And uh, so I moved all these songs into a playlist that actually is available if you click on the link tree on my Instagram. I, you can listen to my best of, basically, of the first half of King Giz's discography. Yeah, I mean, there's hours and hours and hours. I think it's like almost four hours, maybe, of music. So of the nine, I put in that playlist. So I really enjoyed these guys. But I'll say this first album, it was it didn't blow me away, but I was like, this is good music. This is up my alley in terms of like cool indie, garagey, whatever, lo-fi, psych rock, whatever. I, I like all that shit. So it felt familiar. They just kind of woo a lot and repeat the same words over and over, over jamming. It felt like the first album and the second album were like so loose. It wasn't anything. It was just kind of a bunch of dudes kind of just yeah, repeating stuff over and over and, and just kind of jamming and grooving. And, but, you know, they came up with some good melodies. At this point, I'm kind of like, okay, solid first album. Second album, 12 Bar Brews. Some of these tracks were catchier than others. But the difference for me between these two albums was that after the first album, uh, I got the heads up from the woman I was talking with about the tables. And she's like, all right, we'll be here. Let, let us know. And my fiance, she was like, we should, we should hit the road. We got shit to do. She's like, how you doing? And I was like, fucking, let's do it. Fuck it. You know, who cares? Let's do it. So get in a car. And that's when we listen to 12 Bar Brews, which, you know, I told her, hey, you're going to probably end up having to listen to a few of these albums if we're going to be driving around. And so we listen to 12 Bar Brews while driving to pick up these tables. The album ends right as we're rolling up to this, this house. And I'm definitely tripping more. There's this nice couple. They got a ton of stuff in their house and outside that they're getting rid of. I think they're moving. And I think they worked for like a hotel or something in Vegas because they had so much stuff that they just got. And so we grabbed these these two tables that I'm using for my DJ decks. And so we grabbed these things. And then next thing I know, we're like chatting it up with them. 
And I remember another woman showed up in a minivan. She was also grabbing something from this house. And after she grabbed her thing, she was like almost pulling out. And I heard her playing Dave Matthews. And I looked to her and she rolled down her window and I gave her the thumbs up. And I was like, sick tunes. <laughs> and not, not to be a dick. I was, I was totally serious. I was like, oh, sick, dude. Playing some, you playing some DMB in there? Like I, I was wearing a tie-dye shirt and like these huge glasses. I looked like just such a fucking middle-aged stoner dude and i was just like sick dude dave <laughs> it's like that should have been an indication right there that i was getting pretty high where i felt to just tell this this woman in a minivan that uh i fuck with dave <laughs> so that's uh so i'm i'm already pretty loose at this point and chatting it up with this couple and then next thing i know they're like hey you want to see some other stuff we got other stuff and then they're taking us around the house and he, they take us into his garage, he turns on the lights, and it's just all of this, like, vintage, like, souvenir type stuff. Like, all of these valuables, collectibles type, you know, Betty Boop figurines and all these characters and Elvis stuff. And, like, it, it just his garage was this, it had, like, you know, all these, like, beer, neon beer signs. And it's like it could have been a store. And now I'm like, holy shit, where, what is happening now? Now I'm looking all around, I'm seeing all these, like, puppets and dolls and weird stuff in this guy's garage he's like i don't know if you're interested in any of this and i was like nope <laughs> no no i'm definitely not interested in in getting any of that stuff but there was yeah just weird funny stuff and so then we get back in the car we got the tables in the car two albums in i was like all right let's get this third album going i'm tr i'm definitely getting getting pretty high and the next album as we drove from there to a total wine and liquor store because uh my girl need to pick up a bunch of booze for for an upcoming event so we put on the album eyes like the sky and it's uh it's an album that features king gizzard kind of jamming playing creating a sound scape off of what seems to be sampled narration from like a western movie so they did play a few of these songs when I saw them, right? One of the, the first few songs they played. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember this. This album, for me, we were just driving around Vegas, you know, maybe about 25, 30 minutes. So it was basically the entire length of the album, we're just driving and I'm getting higher and higher and I'm just kind of, we're just cracking up and I'm laughing. But I kind of have like tears coming down my eyes as I'm laughing because I'm, because I got that nervous tripping energy. And, and uh, you know, now we go to a Total Wine and, and Beer store and sit in the parking lot. And, you know, the album ends overall. Now we're three albums deep and it's been fun. Eyes like the sky. I don't think I'm going to go back to. I've, I picked one song for my playlist, but ultimately this one doesn't have much playback value for me. I, the narration kind of whatever the sampled thing that was happening on top of the music just takes me out of it personally, though. I think they definitely set the scene. It was a, for a one time listen. Cool. But uh, repeat listens. One of this album would be one of the lower ones. So three albums deep. I'm I said, hey, I'm so high at this point. I'm going to just sit in this parking lot. It starts raining. I'm sitting in the car. Jess runs inside to grab her stuff. And it was a pretty big order she had to get. So I was like, all right, it's going to be a while. Let's get into album number four. Float along, fill your lungs. And this is it. This is the first album. Their fourth album is the first album where they like really go into freak out zone, which like just acid psych rock shit. That's like the real freak out stuff that they more and more familiar with. So album four, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm sitting there. I'm starting to trip. 
and I'm listening to this album and I am just blissed out. So this is the best album by far that I've heard yet. It's just song after song, crushing it. I'm now in this parking lot and the rain starts pouring and all of the raindrops hitting the car all of a sudden start moving from left to right and down and up like in this unison. And I was like, oh shit, here we go. This is it. I'm just sitting there just zoning out and all of a sudden, and the keys are on. The music's playing, keys are on, car is on. She just left the car running. Music's playing in the car. I'm tripping. All the droplets on the car are all hitting and moving together on the windshield in front of me as I'm just zoning out. And then out of nowhere, this guy, this big dude, rolls up, opens the driver's side door to the car. I'm like, what? Jumps in. And then he takes off out of the parking lot and I'm like, whoa, dude, who the fuck are you? And the fucking music from Float Along, Fill Your Lungs is just blasting. And we're now flying down the roads and he jumps onto the highway and he's like, we got to go, man. We got to go. They're on my fucking back. And I was like, whoa, dude, what is happening right now? He's like, they're not going to fucking get me, man. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then boom, fucking cops all of a sudden are behind us on the highway. They're chasing him. He's picking up speed. A helicopter shows up overhead. Now we're flying, and I'm just like, dude, I am tripping on acid right now. This is really way too much for me. But fuck, I, the only thing I can say is we can't turn this music off, okay? I have to listen to 14 King Gizzard albums today. Please, we have to keep this music going. And he's like, fine. So we're flying down the highway. This music is just so blissful and, and just amazing and then the cops are on our back I'm like holy shit I can't believe this Jess is in total wine and beer right now having no idea that I'm being kidnapped and he stole our car and now he's flying on the highway we're almost fucking dying left and right fucking swerving all over the highway I'm like holy shit he last second hits an exit and just throws off the cops who blow by the exit now we, we lost them for the most part and even the helicopter didn't know what happened and then he's now on these back roads and we're just laying low now. No one's on us. It gets quiet. And I'm just like, dude, I'm tripping so hard. I'm like, and it's raining. And I'm just like, yo, yo, what are we doing, man? What's going on here? He's like, don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. I'm like, okay. And he drives through a bunch of back roads for maybe five minutes or so. And then he gets to a house and pulls up into the driveway. He's like, all right, we're going in. I'm like, what? No, no, come on, man. Don't make me go in there. He's like, we're going in there. I go, dude, I have to listen to these King Gizzard albums. He's like, you're coming with me. We're going to have a real fucking problem. And I was like, fuck. And then right then, we hear the sirens coming down the street. He's just like, fuck. And he just jumps out the car and runs in the house. The cops roll up into the driveway. They all run into the house. There's like three or four cops rolled up. The helicopter now is showing back up. They all run into the house. Next thing I know, there's fucking gunshots going off. And I'm like, oh shit, oh my God. And then the cops come out of the house and he doesn't. And they walk up to me. They're like, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, but my fiance's over at that Total Wine and Beer. I gotta get over there. And they're like, all right, well, you can take the car. I was like, dude, I can't drive right now. I'm, tr I'm drunk. And the cop was like, fuck, what? I was like, dude, I'm sorry, I'm drunk. You gotta drive me back to Total Wine and Beer. So the cops talked to each other for a minute, and then one guy was like, all right, I'll drive you back. Gets in the car, he turns the music down, and goes, dude, 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 no, no, no. 
I have to listen to like so many King Gizzard albums today. We have to keep this on. I gotta finish this album. The cop drives me back to the parking lot. The cops follow. He drops me off in the exact same spot and then gets out. He's like, have a good day, son. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then he gets out and then they drive away. And then right as the cops drive away, I hear a tap on the driver's side window and I look over and there's Jess. And, uh, and then she opened the door and I realized, oh, okay, that was all in my head. That wasn't real. So good, good, good. We get in the car and drive back, and that album ends. We're on to the fifth album now, Oddments, which totally different vibe now. And this is where King Giz is so great. They they really do change it from album to album, almost like they're giving you albums where they're just pummeling you with fucking crazy energy and freakout jams, and then the next album will be like the cool down which I love because it really gives makes this experience such a fun one to, to listen to chronologically. You, they know what you're going to need next to keep things fresh, album to album. It's like each album feels like a response to the album before it, and couldn't be a better bunch of albums to listen to, honestly, on acid. Oddments, I got them in the earbuds. We're like unpacking stuff from the car, and we're building this table thing, and it's all just kind of like background music to me trying to do things normally around the house with my fiance until she kind of gets to the point, kind of fed up, where she's like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm like real high right now. <laughs> I don't think I can just like do stuff around the house. I think I need to like just go chill." So after I kind of fumbled my way through trying to, f to do some stuff, she was like, all right, go do your thing. So Oddments was that. Oddments was uh, odd for me. It's a, a great album. But yeah, I sat down and listened to, the, I remember the second half, just laying on my bed with my cat as it's raining outside. And it was just, yeah, this nice chill out, rainy day companion type of album. It really, it really was. And then album six. Now I'm on the bed and I start playing the album I'm in your mind fuzz. And it's just right back to those freak out frequencies and mind melting jams. It's just this album, holy fucking shit. It was kind of messy and wild. And again, felt like a total, just a response from the last album. Now we're just, we're going back into that freak out shit. And here's the thing. I've talked about it on the podcast before. Your boy here, man, getting older stomach not where it was acid farts have we talked about them acid farts i don't know if we have on this podcast but they're real if you know you know and my stomach just honestly just we it just got so upset at when i started listening to this album and i will be honest i spent most of i'm in your mind fuzz on the toilet with a very upset stomach that was repeatedly telling me how upset it was. So I was, it just got to the point where I was like, I'm just gonna kick it on the toilet for like 30 minutes and rock an entire King Gizzard album having like acid diarrhea. So that's where this album was. And you would say, oh my God, so you probably, this was probably awful. You probably have like terrible connotations now with this album because of where you were physically at the time of it. No, not at all. No, it was a perfect companion to an acid shitstorm. I wrote this on acid. I wrote, and I did keep some notes. What I wrote down about this album was my equally upset stomach on acid spewing diarrhea while these locomotives of sound keep pummeling my mind. The, this music is messier just like I am right now. Sloppy, a little angry and discombobulated, and 
I spend the whole album on the shitter. <laughs> then I put the song empty, please, as I literally empty out all of my contents in my body. <laughs> Am I in heaven, which is another song from this album, which is amazing, is relief and moving the trip forward music. It's always good to read yourself on acid. But I put here, lyrically and musically, this band has reached a new peak. And they're not just repeating phrases and woos anymore. They're they're taking their listener back down and build you back up. And, and the band is now leaning into tender moments. So, yeah, I mean, I think now this band uh, with this album, In Your Mind Fuzz, I think is another just huge milestone for them there. They weaving in and out between really tender moments and beautiful moments and crazy acid jam moments. And it's not like their t- tightest album, It's but I think it's not supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be kind of like an exercise in, in whatever, in looseness. I did put that album number six was their most complete album front to back thus far. Slow Jam Part 2, I also mentioned that track. That one was huge. Really overall, this was their best album front to back so far, was number six, I thought. So now it's album seven, Quarters, okay? So now I'm off the pot, okay? That, that moment came and went. Now... I'm just hanging out again, relaxing, getting myself straight for the album Quarters, album number seven. One thing I noticed about them is that they do talk about Jesus and Satan quite a bit. They were talking about that the album before, and now they're talking about it once again on Quarters. So I don't know. I don't know if they're religious guys or just they're on a little bit of a Jesus and Satan kick. Quarters is really dope. It's got some great studio work stuff happening. It's got some like 50s Richie Valens vibes. I put here Cadillac music. I don't know if that's what it is, but I put 50s Cadillac music. The last track I really stood out for me as the best guitar playing that they have played since. So album Seven Quarters, that last track, I think really blew me away. And I think that was the best guitar work that I've heard from this band yet. So another step forward. Album number eight, Paper Mache Dream Balloon. I, I, I put there that this is the flute-filled farmhouse of King Gizzard. It is, it is their farmhouse. If, if you're a fan of Fish, then yeah this one is like a very like polished studio version of king gizzard like easy to digest king gizzard nothing to freak out everything feels pretty contained everything is more about melody and catchiness and it's wonderful it's a great album really every song is really great there's almost like a 70s rolling stone vibe to it It, this is a great album they are on a roll right now they're showing their depth by this point at album eight oh yeah so album number nine is nanagon infinity okay here's what i'm gonna say about that it's now six o'clock in my trip i think we're about six yeah six hours into my trip i have a whole bunch of albums left to listen to i've just been cruising around the house at this point it's been you know i'm smoking a little weed i i have various juices that i purchased for this trip that i'm sipping on coconut water and right out the gate with nonagon infinity it's just fucking on the paper mache dream balloon great album it's a one of their more yeah relaxed kind of nice feel-good albums and then like they do they respond and go in a different direction once again and it's like i'm ready to go i'm six hours into this trip i'm feeling great and it's just the perfect response from what they did with the last album it's six o'clock the the sun is going down a little bit and it's this feels like the album where it's like you know all of a sudden like we just did the day set now we're doing a night set this feels like the lights are out the sun's set and now we're about to have a band blast off and take us into another world. So the next few albums, it's going to be more nighttime feeling. So Nonagon, I'll say this, it feel it, this one felt more like contained. It was definitely not all over the place. 
and it's really nice. I put here at this point, I put here tripping my notes where it's honestly hard taking in this many new awesome tunes at once. It's getting hard to keep up. Uh, I put gamma, what the fuck? And if I'm, and then I go, if I'm thinking about it, I can't think of a single song I, I didn't sort of like all day. So yeah, I, I actually, thinking back, yeah, there wasn't any song where I was like, fuck that song. <laughs> I really, not one single one thus far did I listen to and I was like, I hated that or I wanted to skip it. Again, yeah, the narration stuff with, with Eyes Like the Sky wasn't my thing as much, but I didn't like dislike it. The music was still cool. I wasn't like, I hate this. So the thing I like most about Nonagon Infinity, this album had the best transitions yet. It's, uh, I said this album is noteworthy because it changed things forever with this band. It's a new, more composed giz, and they're here to blow your mind. And that's definitely how I feel. I feel like this was a turning point, Nonagon Infinity once again, because now everything was more like compartmentalized, where it was like they restrained themselves. They didn't go full freak out. They didn't switch it up so dramatically. They were writing more complex compositions they were and but it felt more like a cohesive like real studio effort so this one f was one of my favorite albums of the entire day album number nine nonagon infinity just absolutely fantastic album really the one two i think if you could say two albums back to back in in their first half of their discography that were the best were, were album nine and album ten album ten is the first album of five albums that they released in the year 2017 it's Flying Microtonal Banana is the first album of 2017. And that back-to-back, -back, Nonagon Infinity and Flying Microtonal Banana, I think is the best best one-two punch uh, of the entire day. That was back-to-back -back incredible. Both of them pretty high energy. You know, just when I thought I was going to hear it all and it was going to start getting monotonous, this song Melting comes on from Flying Microtonal Banana, album number 10. And once again, I'm just absolutely blown away. You know, seven hours in now to this, listening to this music. And I'm still like completely enthralled, very excited and still being blown away by what I'm hearing. In fact, I'm like, this is getting better and better. It's fun to listen to bands like that. Uh, I feel that way about like Radiohead. Like if someone says, hey, I want to get into Radiohead, where do I start? I go, you start at the beginning? so that you can literally hear album to album the growth as they go and the albums actually are more enjoyable because you know where they've come from and, and how much of a leap it was to get here right so that's what i say about radiohead i feel the same way about king is honestly it, it even more so than radiohead they really do respond and go in different directions album to album album nine and album ten you know they, these were more in line with each other with the overall vibe of the album yeah they've they've leveled up now in their studio in their production and, the, and just making albums. It's starting to get like real good. They're doing really cool shit in this album where they'll like even start the baseline to the next song still in the in the track, uh, the, the previous track. And so then they'll drop into the the next song, but it's already kind of rolling. So it's this album is meant to be listened to as an album so that you can listen because the transitions they're doing, they're really starting to transition from one song into the next, you know, with a minute, 30 seconds or so to go they're already kind of working the way into the next song. It's almost like they just cut the track at a certain point and said, here's one song and here's another. But it makes for such a fun listen. And yeah, just overall, just incredible. Now, the next album, the second album of 2017, Murder of the Universe. Now, here we are back in that cinematic style that they were doing with that other album that uh, I was listening to in the car, uh, that Western style thing. But now we've moved from the Western narration of like a movie to like an actual narration by this female character or female narrator 
that I think was done for this album. There's a there's definitely a cinematic aspect to Murder of the Universe. It's it's a concept album. It's like you know some some high art type shit. Uh, it's more entertaining than Eyes Like the Sky because while both albums I thought both just kind of set the tone nicely for the scene. The topic for Murder of the Universe is just much more excitable. It's like horror and creatures and beasts and balrogs. It's like a it's like a spooky metal, you know, high concept art album. So it's crazy that they went this insane over the top for, uh, you know, an album that is just one of five that year. And that alone is impressive. Again, though, every single song on this on this album, which is put together in very odd ways like the songs are broken up into parts so there's like five parts for one song and there's you know there's a a through line that's kind of happening with narration but every song does have some type of narration from this from this narrator girl and that again takes me out of it personally it makes me not want to go back to listening to it as much but as a one-time front-to-back listen really great really fun i'm not going to put it up there with my favorite from the day for me, because of the narration again, but overall, like so much uh, uh, respect for, for this move. I mean, really super dope, really big fan. I thought the album was really impressive and it does seem like they, they like to do this kind of stuff from time to time. And so I also applaud the effort always. So I always say, push it as much as you want, do whatever you want in the studio. But yeah, so then album 12, Sketches of Brunswick East. This is the breather after another just getting rocked by murder of the universe just so much energy so much happening the next one is kind of more like feels like it's going to be more laid back but it's it's like time to breathe a little bit it seems like there's like a collab with someone else who's on this listed here on this track some guy that they kind of worked with a little bit who i think had a little influence on on this album there's it's almost kind of more some jazzy hip-hop i don't know there's some soul to it there's some there's something that's kind of jazzy about it and you know there's some some beats a little bit and so this one kind of stands out it's kind of almost got like a like a west coast stoner vibes happening with sketches of brunswick east I, i really again enjoyed it but i really enjoyed its placement in the chronological order for me as I'm tripping and I'm just coming off this just like very intense uh, listen of Murder of the Universe. And then we get to album number 13, Polygon Wanaland. Polygon Wanaland, maybe, is the album. I don't know how to say it, but I'll say this. It maybe was my favorite album of the whole fucking day. I went outside at this point. I wanted to mix it up. It's dark out. It was raining all day. Now there's like this fog in the air. It's kind of drizzling. I put on the earbuds. I go outside. I'm walking around my apartment complex area. This album is just hitting the spot in a way that no other album has all day long. This album's got really nice synthesizer use and they do you do a little narration, but it's like just a little bit of narration here. Oh, we need a little bit of synth right here. Oh, a little bit of flute. Oh, let's do a little freak out here. But again, it's like they know this album. It's like they, everything is crisp and tasteful and there's not a lot of madness freak out stuff, but but it, but they do a lot of complex compositions, a lot of lyrics. The lyrics are great. I I think really in, in some ways this one was my favorite uh, of this of all the studio albums. It's just everything was just done really nice and tasteful. Where you got all the aspects of King Giz in one album, front to back. It it it, it touched on everything that they do, and they gave it to you in just a little bit. I know some people might feel like it's too constrained. And for that, they may not like it as much of the just like the crazy wild shit. I really like this. I respect this, uh, this type of album, this kind of production. 
it was such a wonderful listen front to back holy shit i'm gonna put this one up there as one of my favorites of the entire day and definitely coming down from the tripping not tripping as hard anymore i know i got one album left and i'm just walking around outside feeling good but like i know the end is near and then i get back to the apartment and the last album i listened to is the final album 2017 and it's crazy to think that they have another 13 or 14 albums i'm gonna have to listen to from 2018 on or 2019 i think it's 2019 and on so that's crazy so album 14 is gumboot soup and so yeah this one was great uh real aerial pink vibes on this one um lots of new stuff they're doing with their with their vocals that really made the songs feel really fresh but then thinking that this album is just going to be some some softy response to the last album it didn't really need to be right because the last album was like was nice it, it actually had all of the elements of king is in one album so gumboot soup did the same it does it successfully does the same it makes you think it's going to be kind of chill by the way it starts and oh this is gonna be one of those albums and then there's gonna be periods where yeah they go harder they go in, into different territory that you weren't expecting them to and then but then right back again they'll pull it back out and generally go back into that more lo-fi dreamy type shit they're just so confident at this point you can you can tell that they they can go in any direction they can go as hard or pull back or whatever they want to do and they there's a confidence to them at this point and you know they just crushed it i think they released this album literally on 12 31 2017 like the very last day of the year they they promised they would do five albums and they did it on the very final day of the year is when they actually released this i would say that just yeah the finesse the control that these guys have at this point in the game is is fantastic and really i was putting in songs into this playlist the spotify playlist you would think you know and it's four hours long as i said and you would think that i listened to nine hours of king gizzard tripping on acid and i would say over it, it was i listened to the albums over the course of what ended up being like 10 and a half 11 hours so there were some little breaks to do this or that but not much so I did all that. You would think, okay, Dave, you, you probably had your fill of King Giz, right? You probably didn't need to listen to much more of that, huh? No, actually, I have found that in uh, the week or so since I did this, that I go back to the playlist. I've been back to the playlist pretty much every single day, just throwing it on shuffle and listening to these songs again. I am now, yeah, I'm now a huge King Gizzard fan. That's what happens uh, when you listen to the first half of King Gizzard, I think it's hard not to come away being a huge, huge fan. They are absolutely remarkable. I fucking love this band. I get why Trey loves this band. I get why I'm when I saw them, I saw all the fish fans with their fish shirts on at the show. I saw a lot of ween fans and those are two bands that I just really love the fan bases. And I, and I know that I share the same ear with a lot of those people and they were at King Giz and now I'm seeing it too. I'm, I, I get it. They check off all the things that I'm looking for. And I'll say this, right? So uh, this is a jam band podcast, but King Gizzard, I wouldn't think would say, hey, we're a jam band necessarily. But I, I think there's two kinds of bands. There's jam bands and then there's bands who jam. Okay. Is there a difference between the two? Yeah, a little bit because you have bands that jam, right? So I, I've talked about this. You have Ween who don't, don't consider themselves a jam band, but they jam. Uh, Pink Floyd, we talked about that. Are they a jam band? I say yes. Plenty of people say no. But th if not, then they're just a band who jams, okay? My Morning Jacket doesn't want to be considered a, a jam band. They, they're they just a band who jams as well. So, great. And there are all a bunch of others, right, that, that are bands that jam. King Gizzard are a band that jam. 
don't know if they're a jam band. They are moving more and more into that territory. But what really distinctively makes you a, a jam band and a band that jams, it's kind of like what you decide to make your brand. I mean, when you have bands like the Disco Biscuits or Eggy or something like that, it's like they're so clearly a jam band. <laughs> they're, that's what they are. There's certain things that make you a jam band. But one of the things I kind of think makes you like a stereotypical jam band is honestly that your live show crushes your studio work. I mean, that's been pretty much the case, you know, for the Grateful Dead who started all this shit and every band following is like, well, you can't judge them by their studio stuff. <laughs> that's that's what a jam band fans say about their jam band. Not to say there has, again, haven't been plenty of great jam band uh, albums from the likes of Grateful Dead, of course, and Dave Matthews and, and, and Fish. And there are great ones out there. And yes, I don't think any of them, even the best ones, compare to what the live show is. Bands that jam not jam bands, bands that jam, can jam on stage, but their studio efforts are often far superior to jam bands. That's, I, they're bands that are sick, that also jam, that we like w kind of put under the umbrella of jam bands because they their live show is so great, but like they got to where they are because of their studio work and that shit is super, super great. I think on average, bands that jam have way better al studio albums because any band can be a band that jams, right? If you're just a really talented bunch of musicians, then you're you're probably writing good music first and foremost. And, and that isn't always the case with jam bands. I'll be honest, there are plenty of jam bands that don't have the best songs. They just jam really well. The hardest thing for them to do is write an all-timer great fucking song. There's so many jam bands out there. I, the good ones that I don't think even have like one like fucking incredible song. Fish is the biggest jam band because they have the best songs. Don't get it twisted, baby. Don't get it twisted. Their songs are the best. They, their songs are the most incredible licks and riffs and compositions. They are the kings for a reason. The Grateful Dead have the best songs. Dave Matthews have the best songs. Just look at it. If you want to be a really, really big jam band, you can jam your little hearts out. You got to have awesome fucking songs. Like on par with those other bands I just mentioned. You know? And, and it's why I'm a Disco Biscuits fan. I, I think they're very underrated. I think their songbook is fantastic. Better than most. They have some incredible songwriting abilities and, and an incredible catalog of actual songs whether they jammed or not if even if they didn't go in the, into the full trance into the full jamtronica thing which they are you know the pioneers of even that aside just even if they were just taking long solos on some of this shit you know these these songs are i mean i man and jigsaw earth and you know i'm not gonna get into that but that that's what i'm talking about that's what makes you in my opinion great my Morning Jacket have great albums. They have great songs, like incredible. King Gizzard, these studio albums are better than really any jam band studio albums out there, honestly. And I've only listened to half of their catalog. And there's really not any jam bands that could go toe to toe with the shit that I just fucking heard from King Gizzard. There's no one out there that's currently popping your Billy Strings, your Goose, any of that shit. When I listen to the to mo most of the, the stuff that I cover, there's songs that I really like and there's songs that I don't like. And there just wasn't really that many songs over the nine hours that day that I didn't like. What the fuck? That would never happen if I did nine hours of twiddle. I'm just saying. I'm just being real. These guys fucking rock. I think they're leaning more and more into the jam band thing. I don't think they're ever going to be like a jam band. I think they're going to be their own thing. 
And I do think that in terms of front runner for the torch, these guys, I would say these guys front runners for the torch because more than any other band, they write great songs. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take acid. Sure. Cause that's fun and listen to a bunch of music. But uh, I was really hoping I was going to come away being like, holy shit, these guys write really great songs. I saw them live and I recognized stuff and it was a great experience, but I wanted to hear like the studio, like what are, you, what are they really up to with the songwriting process and you know, the studio process and what is it? So, and I, I'm coming away saying, holy shit, these guys are the real fucking deal. I can't wait to take another hit or two of Acid next season and jump into the second half. I don't know how many albums they're going to have by the time I get around to it next year, but, it, you know, whatever it is, I'll take it on. If I have to do 10 hours of King Gizzard, then I will. There's um, a live album, and there's a remix album that come with the second half of King Gizzard's catalog. The remix album, it's not even them. I think I want to throw that one out. The live album, it would be really fun to listen to in the moment. It'd almost be like me seeing where they're on their career, where they're like, what are they doing live? with those older songs. So I may keep the live album in the mix uh, as something to listen to, but I could take it out. We'll see. I'm not sure yet. I'll get into it. Next season, we're going to do the second half of King Giz. I don't think I'm going to do it again on a nice little rainy Saturday where I'm running around doing errands with with my girl, but maybe it's just uh, how I'm tripping on acid these days at uh, at the age of 42. You know, got to get the stuff done around the house, honey. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a really wonderful eye-opening experience. I'm still listening to it. I am fully invested in this band now. Uh, way more than when I saw them live. In a way that I haven't been with another band in a while, and I can see that that's happening for a lot of people. And, and now I get it. So the big takeaway is, should you take a hit of Acid and listen to albums one through 14. Should you do what I just did? Well, don't do it if, if that's not your thing. Don't do it if, if that makes you uncomfortable. Don't, don't do it if you're sober. I'm not going to ever recommend taking drugs for anybody in any situation. But if, if it's already your bag, then uh, yeah. Tripping on acid and listening to the first... I, I, I would highly recommend this if this is your shit. And really, one to the next, it really works so well for so many reasons. Man, if you were just tripping and walking around a park and riding a bike, I don't know, whatever, just like inside, outside, mix it up. Definitely that was really helpful for me. I can't say that there'd be many bands in the history of, of music that really seem to play one album off the, the one previously as well. And I didn't know going into that 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 would be the case, but it, it really worked really well. And I'm hoping the second half, they continue wowing me and continue doing that. So we're going to move on. I hope if you do do this, if you do have an acid trip and listen to all of the same albums that I listen to, that you do not have the um, the diarrhea. But if you do, hey, I hope it's during I'm in your mind fuzz. But moving on, we're going to bring out our first guest today. First timer to the podcast. We're very excited to have him here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Wolfman's brother. What is it? Hey, dude. Hey, hey, man. Hey, come on. Come on. Sit down. It's all good. Yeah, just sit down. Where's Dude, what's up? You good? Dude, what are you so scared of, man? My brother. Where is he? Your brother, the, the wolf man? Where? I don't know. I don't. I hope he's not anywhere around here. Around here where? I'm saying I hope he's not around here. Okay. I'll sit down. I'll sit down. Interesting booking here. Okay, so you're the uh, the Wolfman. Where? No, I'm saying you're the Wolfman. Oh God! 
Dude, I'm saying you're the Wolfman's brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm his brother. So, so is he your older brother or younger brother? Older. Where, where'd you guys grow up? Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. Okay. So you grew up with a guy who was, who was half wolf, half man? Well, what was that like? He tortured me. He was a nice guy. Then he turned into a wolf. And he was trying to eat me. Fuck me up, dude. Fuck me up, man. Yeah, I can see that, man. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that really be a traumatic, fucking childhood. It was a fucking nightmare, dude. You know, you you think you know somebody, and then they they turn into a wolf and they they kill everybody, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, man. We got it. Uh, we got some tissues. Liz, you got a couple tissues. Yeah, here you go. Thanks, Liz. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So when did you find out that your your brother was a was a was a wolf man? I do. Is he here? He's got, does he follow you around or something he just jumps out sometimes man it's, it's like it must be hard for you to sleep even i don't sleep oh, yeah, yeah. i sleep during the day because i know he's not a wolf and i stay up at night oh okay so you're normally asleep right now yeah but i can't fall asleep tonight i can't even if he comes for me someone he's a wolf man is he is he out there like doing terrible stuff no, i have no idea what i've seen He's a, he's an animal. Yeah, he's a, he's a wolf man. <laughs> so was your dad a wolf? No, no. He, some curse was put on him where he became a wolf. I don't know. I don't know the details. Okay, so you had normal parents? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, what's normal, really? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, you had parents? Yeah. Hey, how are they taking having a, a son that's a wolf man? They're dead. Don't you get it? They're all dead. He killed them all. <laughs> everyone but me. Oh shit, he killed everyone but you? My whole family, everybody, my friends. My whole town. Is he coming for you? I don't know. I mean, you're still alive, so that you've made it this far. He's come back a few times. You've seen him? Once or twice, I think. I don't know. Could have been a dog. So your wolf man brother, he killed everybody in your family, everybody in your town. And so where is he now? Is he still in Rhode Island? I, I don't know. I don't know. It could be anywhere. Damn, man. You're fucked up, dude. <laughs> man, you you need to you need to be on something. You need to take some Xanax or something. This is me on Xanax. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I've done a lot of therapy over the years. A lot of it. It hasn't really gotten to me anywhere. Man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine a, a more trauma than to be the Wolfman's brother. I know. I think I'm getting a little more relaxed, though. Oh, God, no, it's him! It's him! It's him! Oh, my God, whose phone is that? It's mine! It's my phone, it must be him! Here, here, someone, take it! Okay, yeah, give it to Liz. I got it, I got it. Here, you take it. It's him, it's him, it's him. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. He's coming. Oh, no. Oh, God, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. All he wants to know where I yeah. am. Oh, okay. No. Oh, God, who was it? Uh, it was just a spam call. I think that's why it said unknown. Well, that's where he is. He's in the unknown, so he could be anywhere. No one knows. Uh, yeah, it was just spam. Thanks, Liz. Oh man, this guy's uh, this guy's really a piece of work. Can I stay here with you guys? I feel safe here. <laughs>
Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. As long as as long as you're not gonna attract too much attention from your from your brother. <laughs> I know. No, I should. I should. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, you can. You can kick it here. You want to hide out here for a bit? That's that's cool. I, I, you're probably okay, man. I mean, it sounds like he's probably not anywhere around here. I hope. He usually walks the day as a man, and at night he becomes a wolf. So we should be all right. Yeah. Okay. We're not really here at night. This is more of a daytime thing. So. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and we lock up pretty tight. So. Oh, he can go through anything. He's a wolf, man. That's true. Well, if you want to hang out here, man, that's cool. You can hang out here at the podcast. <laughs> okay, thanks. I'm going to go over here. All right, everybody. That was the Wolfman's brother. <laughs> Bring out our final guest of today's podcast from one of the biggest jam bands of the last few decades. It's String Cheese Incidents, Bill Nershey and Michael Kang. And we doing let seeners. Let seeners. Let seeners. Hey Bill, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Alright, good people, happy people, let seeners. Love it. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Bill. Oh, what's up, dude? Oh, not hard, dude. Oh, what's up, Mike? We got Michael Kang firmed here in the podcast. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, guys. Yeah, come on. Come on, sit down. Let's chat. You guys released a new album this year. First time in a while. That's got to feel good, huh? A uh, new album says Fresh Powder, Fresh Powder. <laughs> that it's, uh, it's what? Oh, my happy people. He's saying it's Fresh Pow. What is Fresh Pow? Is that, a, is that a good thing? In Colorado, yeah, that's like the best thing ever. My happy shiny people. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not really like up on how you guys speak out there. The Coloradans? Coloradians? I think it's pronounced ski bums. <laughs> <laughs> happy shiny people. Uh, got it. So that's like, that's sick, right? So you guys have a new album. It's it's Fresh Pow. That's, that's, the, that's sick, right? That's good. So that's good. New songs are like Corduroy. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> new, the new songs are like, is there a song called Corduroy? I don't... No, 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 about the Dave, no. Michael's saying that the new songs are like Corduroy. You mean Corduroy Pants? No! It's when you have freshly groomed ski train that ends up looking like Corduroy Pants, where it's just so freshly groomed and fresh, and you get it really earliest in the morning. Do you know what I mean, happy people? Oh, okay, yeah, I have a, I have a vision in my head. So you're, you mean like when the ski slopes are just all like those like freshly groomed lines? Yes! Oh, yeah, Corduroy. So in ski talk, what's the opposite of Corduroy, if that's sick? Probably talking about like crud. Crud? Crud! That's like compacted snow, where it's like cement. You know, it's just so hard. The opposite of powder, happy people. All right, so I get it. That makes sense. Crud, it sounds bad. It doesn't sound very good. Yeah, whenever I see crud, I'm just like, oh, I just want to like take a dump. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just want to take a shit? No, he says he wants to take a dump. Happy people. Okay, what, what does that mean? You want to get dumped on, you know, with snow. That means like a lot of snow is going to fall. <sighs> You know, a daily overnight. So, you know, you wake up and uh, it's just gorgeous, fresh pow. <sighs> yeah, you just look outside. It's dumping. <laughs> Let's hit the slopes tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. You want to get dumped on. <sighs> yeah. 
Oh, yes. Love it. That's crazy. You guys love getting dumped on over there in Colorado. It's our favorite thing. Happy wonderful people. Oh, that's when you get the freshies. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The freshies above the Dave. The freshies, the fresh pow. Oh, the, oh yeah, freshies, fresh pow. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I like to wake up, get the first tracks, and just hit the gondola. <laughs> Whoa, okay, let's translate that one for me, Bill. Well, he wants to get the first tracks. He wants to be the first one on the pow in the morning. And then he said he wants to be on the gondola. The gondola! Happy smoky people. The gondola. It's a gondola where you can smoke weed in it. Gets the best place to smoke weed on the entire mountain. It's a gondola. Oh, the gondola. Oh, yeah, the gondola. Oh, okay, that makes sense. You want to hit the gondola and then go on the first tracks to the fresh pal. Freshies. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I'm just not really like a, a big skier. It's just never really been my thing. I did it as a kid, and I don't know. I just didn't really stick with it as an adult. I don't know. Maybe I'll get back out there. Getting some pizza and french fries on the bunny slopes. <sighs> no, I mean, like, I'm going to go skiing. I don't I, I eat pizza all the time. No, above the Dave, he's saying you're going to be doing the pizza and the french fry. It's a ski turn. my little happy Italian people. Oh, you mean like doing the pizza with the skis and then the french fries when you're going down and slowing down. And... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be me. I thought I tried snowboarding like 10 or 12 years ago and I was just on the bunny slopes just falling down and hurting myself over and over and over again. Meanwhile, like six-year-olds were flying by me going off jumps and doing 360s and I was like, fuck my life. Yeah, you, oh, you probably look like a gaper. Oh, I look like a gay what? No, nothing gay. A gaper above the Dave. It's when we see someone out there on the slopes oddly dressed or, or just oddly acting. We look at, we call him a gaper. Little happy gaper people. Oh yeah, I was I was a total gaper out there. Yeah, I was probably looking like a real, looking real moron. Yeah, kind of a gaper, maybe a jerry. <laughs> maybe a jerry? A jerry! A jury? A jerry! Like Garcia! Oh, that's cool, that's a compliment. Not at all, no, it's like the worst thing you could say. A jerry's like the worst thing I could be? <laughs> yeah, you're like a beginner. If you're just out there having no idea how to ski or snowboard, well, then you're just a Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll just be out there jamming, hitting kickers. You'll oh, be on the bunny slopes. Oh. Okay, well, what does that mean, Bill? Well, he's saying he's going to be uh, jibbing. He's going to be freestyling out in the mountain, hitting kickers. Those are jumps. He's just doing jumps, freestyling, cruising around the mountain. Oh, okay. And so I know you guys have this long history of performing. You're basically like a ski bum guys that got together on the slopes and now you know now you're in this huge band that's been around for decades but you guys really started out just what ski instructors hitting the slopes all the time <sighs> still do <sighs> i was a lifty that's right he was a lifty what's a what's a lifty he was a chairlift worker above the dave he was just a few years into town and he was just bumping lifts i don't know what is that it's just holding them up so happy people can board them easily okay living the dream <sighs> were you uh were you a lifty Oh no, I was a park rat. What, uh, okay. I was a freestyle skier. I just spent all my time in the park. And one day I was just putting down my planks after doing some sick licks. Okay. And I see Michael over here and I said, how are the slopes today? And he said, oh, mostly slushies. Huh. Slushies? You know, it's in the springtime, getting a little hotter, so the snow becomes a little slushy light. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So you guys were just really uh, into that ski life, huh? Yeah, I was... Plus, I love the snow bunnies. Oh, I know snow bunnies. Yeah, that's like a that's like a hot woman skier. 
or snowboarder. Snow bunnies are straight steezy. Oh, what is steezy? Bill, what's that one mean? Well, steezy about the Dave. That's a, that means basically sick, awesome, dope. You know what I mean, my happy steezy people? Like all the fans of String Cheese Incident above the Dave, they're all steezy. Do you know what I mean, my steezy people? <laughs> well, this is really, it's really fascinating. All this, all this ski stuff. I have, I have no idea about how you guys talk over there. Oh, it's a whole culture, yeah. So what's like a, what's a bad thing to happen in, in your, in Colorado ski talk? Probably say a yard sale. Oh, yard sale, dude. Oh, a yard sale? A yard sale, of course. Yeah, yard sales when you totally wipe out and just lose all your stuff. Then the skis go everywhere and your stuff's going everywhere. It's the worst. It's a yard sale. You're, you're spilled out all over the pal. I like that. That's cute. Oh. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and, and explaining Colorado lingo to us. No problem about the day. You guys got a lot of good stuff coming for the rest of the year. New Year's has been announced. You got Halloween. Big stuff to finish out the year with String Cheese Incident. They got a new album out, everybody. Give that a listen. Oh, I'm getting a call. It's from my wife, Jill. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's she doing? Oh, she's doing great. What a wonderful, happy woman. I call him Billion. <laughs> I call it Billion? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. It's like, their, it's like their couple name. <laughs> Billion. Oh, stop, King. I gotta get home to my partnership. Oh, yeah, how's Jill doing? She just texted me. She was doing all right, but unfortunately, just a little too much scissoring today. <laughs> she was doing too much scissoring today. Oh, shit. Are you... That, that's cool? You cool with that? No, it's a, it's a ski term. Her skis kept getting crossed and overlapped in each other. So she was wiping out on the slopes about the Dave. Oh, that's also a ski term. Got it, got it, got it. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming onto the podcast today. Guys, please come on back. Would love to. And thank you, all my lot seniors, for listening. Oh, yes. Happy people. Happy podcast people. All right. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, thank you, Kang. Oh, this has been hard, dude. Oh, sad. All right, and that's gonna do it for today's episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. I want to thank all of my guests. First and foremost, Liz for being here, filling in for Marco, and for helping out the Wolfman's brother today. Thank you for that. No problem, thanks. And for the Wolfman's brother, who I think is now staying here at the podcast for an indetermined amount of time. And for String Cheese Incidents, Bill Nershi and Michael Kang. Want to thank them. Next week, I'm going to be talking about dancing at jam band shows. When you really just get into it and really just move your body that much, that's got to be good for you, right? Well, we're going to get into it. I have a little conversation and we're bringing out Vicky the Hula Hooper, and she's going to talk about how she gets down for jam band shows. After that, we're bringing out Scott the Chomper. He's back, and he wants to share some of the highlights of the fish show that he saw at SPAC. And after that, we're having an exclusive interview, never been done before by anyone on a podcast. We are speaking directly with a Ticketmaster bot. That's right. We have made contact with the Ticketmaster bot, and they have agreed to come talk with us. So thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll see you next week on another episode of The Lot Scene. The Lot Scene.